your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And we have a Game 7. Man, is this series just delivering on what NHL playoff hockey is. Avalanche just seemed out of it in the beginning of this series, Games 1 and 2. And then you're down 3-1. to one. Clearly, it's not over. Anything is possible. Things were just trending in the direction of Dallas. You can't deny that. Uh, And then that first period in game five, I think, just gave just reinstalled that that avalanche drive and and the the confidence that they can play against this team and beat this team. And that really carried over in today's game. I don't know what Dallas is or why Dallas is doing things differently, but the Avalanche not that not that the Avalanche are, are getting like those those stats where they're like those gaudy stats where they're getting forty shots on goal or anything like that, but they're getting looks and they're in this game in last game they got looks they got better looks, where in the first couple games it was Dallas just shutting down everything, so. Man, and and you know, with with the Avalanche getting down by a goal today, I I was not that I'm going to say I'm okay with them being down in the game. You always want to get that first goal, but I thought they, after kind of just some maybe uh, getting the juices flowing in this game, uh, the second half of the first period, they looked really good and and they got down. But I was okay. I th- I thought we were going to be going into the first intermission down one nothing. But feeling good about how they're playing. And because goals are just coming in waves in this series, I felt good. And then they got that tie game, the the equalizer, and then it was just, then they took over from there. And this is what we know the Avalanche can do. We've been waiting for it this entire series. It was not there at all in games one and two. I don't know why. It's not like they had a huge layoff. They basically had no layoff. Maybe game one because it was kind of like thrown upon them. Uh, like, oh, hey, by the way, you're playing tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, Dallas had to go through that too. And maybe the Avalanche just handled it a little bit differently. I have no idea what was going on with them. Other than the credit in games one and two really has to go to uh, Dallas for the way they played. But now the credit's got to go to to the Avalanche for really turning things on its head. Uh, And they're back into a series that after games one and two, you would say they have no business being in. They have all the business being in this series right now Uh, because they they have taken it back and they have all of the momentum going into game seven. If you are Dallas, you are, I guess, shocked. Uh, you You are feeling how the Avalanche are feeling after game one and two, games one and two. But, and if you're at the Avalanche, you are feeling good, <laughs> feeling very, very good. We are going to get into all of it. Uh, Kyle is going to be joining me again. Um, but it, it was just, and, and injuries, injuries crept up and we'll talk about those, but 
there's nothing like the the I, I mean, you can't really say next man mentality because or the next man up mentality that's usually reserved for when you know a guy is injured and then the games that come after it you have the guys that you you you're playing with them in the game and these guys are going down and guys on the bench just say okay we have to be the next we have to step it up there's nobody coming to replace them today so we have to step it up and guys did and we will get into that uh, after a quick word from Rock Auto at rockauto.com. Been talking about Rock Auto in the past, so if you're not familiar and you are a car geek and you work on your own car and the winter months are coming, head over to rockauto.com. They have all the selection you need for your car, any make, any model. The inventory is insanely huge and the prices you cannot beat. So head over to rockauto.com in the checkout when they say, where did you hear from us? Type in locked on. All right, let's get Kyle in here and talk about the avalanche pushing the series to a game seven. All right, we're back. And once again, Kyle Sullivan on the line, Kyle game seven, man. I mean, I, I hate to say not many people thought we could, to, could do this, turn it around. You know, I don't want to make it seem like I did. I mean, I know what this team is capable of. And we have been saying it uh, pretty much all along. Every time we do a show after one of the games that they're losing is they're beating themselves. And if they stop doing that, of course they can turn it around. They have stopped doing that. They are not beating themselves anymore. They they look good in these last two games. This is avalanche hockey. So first of all, just, you know, give me your feelings. How you feeling? Going into a game seven, the momentum is on our side. What do you got? Don't call it a comeback. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) I'm telling you, we are – we came to the party a little late, but when we showed up, we showed up. We are looking great right now. I know. Every aspect of it, even Hutchinson. I mean – Yeah, and he what We know what he looks like – statistically but he's making the saves keeping us in it and i think he's a rallying point for the team right now yeah i mean you you get behind especially a goalie you know what i mean a goalie that that is you that probably was not expecting to do anything in this entire playoffs is now being thrust into uh, a starting role and who knows for how long we have no we have heard nothing on Fransos. I think after game after one game of Hutchinson and if Frankie was okay, he would have got the start. Now after two games, if Francois is okay for game seven, I think this is one of those things where you ride. And I use the term hot hand loosely. It's I, I don't feel like you watch him play Hutchinson and he, he, make some questionable decisions like he, he like you were saying we were talking during the game he gets good uh like uh which i'm gonna call it what am i thinking his of? positioning like, positioning good. positioning he has very good positioning his reflexes on rebounds are bad and you could see that on one one goal where it it kind of skirted out behind the net luckily and he's sitting there just thinking it's underneath him yeah, that's not good. And sometimes he gets turned around. So, I mean, it's all sunshine and rainbows right now because the Avalanche have won two games. Do you feel that he, you know, if Dallas wants to turn it on, 
they got 28 shots on goal, which is good, which is a solid number. Do you think if Dallas wanted to turn it on and throw 40 at him, he could handle it right now? With the way the offense is handling things right now, they're um, back to the dictating pace, dictating the shots. Um, I think Hutchinson can handle his own because of the way, like we mentioned, his positioning. He's almost like a reverse Francois, where Francois has incredible reflexes, but his positioning is bad. We got the reverse. And even if Frankie does – He's healthy for seven or maybe game one of the next series, right. thinking in the future. You got a right Hutchinson. I mean, this yeah. is how Varlamov and Holtby, you got uh, uh, Varlamov and Grubauer. I mean, Bennington, Jake Allen. I mean, it's the tale as old as time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it, you just got to, you just got to write it. You do it. And, and I remember, you know, watching Ranger games, uh, Lundqvist went through it. Uh, yep. A couple of years ago, where he sat, he knew he was going to be a starter down the road, but you you ride the hot hand, so he sat out like ten games in a row because uh, who the heck was it? I'm drawing a blank on who it was, but um, was just out playing him, and he was like, "No, this is fine. We're winning. I don't care. They're winning." So I think that's where the Avalanche are right now, but we'll see where it goes. Um, and yeah, and Francois didn't even dress at all again tonight, so that's where we stand with the goalie situation. I guess continuing with injuries. They're creeping up little by little. Timmons went down. And whenever Timmons gets hurt, even if it if it's like a lower – you see him like get hit in the lower legs, you're just like, I hope it's not a concussion. Because like yeah. another one yeah. for this kid and, and his career might be over. Um, but this one did look upper body. I don't know if it was a concussion. Uh, but, you know, when you get one, you are more susceptible to them. So uh, he got hurt. Uh, the Landeskog injury was a freak thing, but he came back, thankfully. Um, but that could be one of those things where, you know, after a day of rest, it gets worse and yeah. maybe who knows, but what do you say about that? Like the injury bug kind of creeping back up and is this going to affect them? It's, I, we got used to it in the regular season. I mean, it's yeah. kind of morbid to say, but. I mean, and at this point, with it being in the playoffs, it could, it's one of those things you can rally behind. Win one for Gabe. Um, like, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. This, it's one of those things that you got us this far, we can take it for you. Mm-hmm. And it could be a rallying point. And I think it could be beneficial. Um, we'll have to keep an eye on how Lannis Gog actually looks. Right. Um, and like you said, Connor Timmons, man. Uh, when when he went down, I was like, "Oh, not again!" Because I know. it's it's the talk be, before every season. Like he's going to have this is going to be his year. Things are looking great, yeah. and he's still having to shake off those concussion. I mean, yeah. Sidney Crosby went through it forever. He did. And I just I, I'd hate to see it plague him because he's got potential. Oh my god, he's a he's a great player. But concussions is something you don't want to play around with. No. No, I mean, so. and, and maybe I'm jumping the gun saying to get to know him, his career might be over. But uh, with the way that this season and next season are lining up so close to each other, I mean, if he if he did get a concussion, it was a serious one. Maybe even next year is in doubt for him. And I hate yeah, saying that right absolutely. now, but um, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, <laughs> dude. <laughs> He's just on another level, um, yeah. and and 
He continues his point streak. So that's 14 games, I think. Uh, there's no reason to think that this just won't continue uh, and, into perpetuity, really, because he's just – he's a, a man – amongst boys at this point in time Uh, you know we could talk about him in every single show but I think it's necessary today because he him and him and Cam McCarr um really and and Ranton and really and Ranton has been just a a quiet assassin almost in this series uh your superstars are really carrying your team so how how, what do you how do you think about Mac tonight and how he played because he was off the charts tonight I think it's vindicating for Avalanche fans when they keep putting up these playoff graphics and showing Nate all time. This is stuff we've known forever. Yeah. And now he's putting himself in the record books on a national stage, um, putting his name up there with Bobby Orr and Mark Messier. Like, this is serious company, and you don't get in there by accident. And it's just a further testament to Nathan McKinnon, his talent, his dedication – what he's had to go through in the low years, sticking with the team, willing to take less money to keep the team together. These little stories are coming out, getting the national run, and he's finally getting the appreciation that we've given him for years, right. but that he finally deserves. And, and you know, so much pressure on him, obviously. Um, and he was the, the favorite to – win the con Smythe if you know if they had if they made it if they make it um and you know if they end up getting that far I I don't I can't think of anybody that is even coming close to what he is doing uh what's he got 25 26 points in 14 games yeah shut up shut up Uh, and it's only furthering helping because everyone in the heart trophy uh conversation is at home is that and home? he's further separating himself right so right. uh so let's get into the game here um <clears throat> first period uh he's gonna started the scoring out and it was a very weird it was <clears throat> a weird first period because i felt like both teams were really i don't know it was it was it was both teams were just kind of going with the flow they weren't really like I didn't really feel like anybody was really forcing the issue. Nobody wanted to make the mistake. Um, And then I think the avalanche kind of were the aggressors a little bit in the second half of the first period. And it's just hockey. You know, it's just like they, 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 I felt like they started to like get into a good flow and then Dallas scores, of course. So I, I, and I said this in the first segment, like I was in the mindset of, okay, we're going to go into the first or into the first intermission down a goal but I'm confident in how they finished that period and I th- we'll be okay. And then Zadorov, who by far and away had his best game of the playoffs. Yeah. Not even a question. Uh, he gets one, which I, I can't believe that didn't get tipped. Wasn't uh, Comfort in front of the net there? Yeah, he and was I, in the process of getting pushed out of the way. Yeah, so um, – I thought Comfort had tipped it, but it went to Zoroff. I don't really care who gets it as long as it went in and bam, like 30 seconds left and we got a tie game going into the first intermission. So how were you feeling? Uh, were you kind of feeling the same way I was after that first period or, or what? Yeah. When, when the first Dallas goal went in, I was like, okay, I can live with that. Right. We're playing good. Let's see who gets the next one. And when it was Z 
that ended up getting that goal, I was like, okay, it's going to be one of those games. Because <laughs> yeah. we never had a problem with top-line scoring, and now that we're getting it from secondary and defense, those are the games that we end up in the win column when we get help from the secondary and defense. Those, those are the ones that translate good for us. So yeah. with Z getting it for us, I've started to feel really good about our chances. Right. Um, to go back to Hutchinson, like – before the Heskinen goal, not very, maybe a, a minute or two before the goal, incredible save. Um, I don't even I remember who shot it, but it was a rebound. It's almost like a backhanded rebound, and he had to go from uh, one side of the crease to the other and just made one of those sprawling saves. And we had said in last game, like, how he played well. He played serviceable. He didn't have that, like, wow save. That was it. Um yeah. And and you kind of felt like he was going to have a good night. And then, you know, maybe a minute or two later, he lets in that he's going to go. But that was something I wanted to see from him. I wanted to see one of these, like, sprawling, oh, my God, saves. And I think that was it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, they tie it up. And then McCarr, I believe, got the next goal. Yeah, he got the only mm-hmm. goal, goal in the second. Um which I'm trying to think of how that played out. How did he? Oh, that went off the goal. This one scared it off the goalie's head. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was off the. Uh, it was a second chance scoring yes. opportunity. Yes. Yeah. Um, which it was so nice to see them start doing that because, like, they it just seemed like the, it always seems like the Avalanche try to get like too cute sometimes with yeah. their passes and they want everything they want they want the goal to look perfect. Yeah. Instead of getting these ugly looking goals, and I'm not saying that McCarr goal was an ugly looking goal at all. But it was a, a shot that I think Gerard shot, or maybe Rantanen. Well, they're both on the. Actually, it's one of them too because they got the assists. Um, so it must have been Rantanen. But it was, um, and he just collected it right in front of the net and uh, fired it off of Kadobin's mask, which yeah. it, which was nice, very nice. So yeah, the too cute problem comes up in the power play a lot with yes. how we have the ineffectiveness on the power play. It's you know how we say the passing doesn't look crisp but then when it looks crisp they pass themselves to death oh man and and i was getting mad at nathan mckinnon yeah. in, in the second because he had some looks that you were like you oh you shoot you shoot a shot where you have no business shooting them and then you have a, a look that is just ripe for nathan mckinnon and he passed it yeah. and he was doing that all the time in the second i don't know I don't know. Maybe he was just – maybe this is in his scheme of just setting up the other team, like of them thinking like or Nathan McKinnon's in a passing mode today, and then he just fires on – I don't know what his thinking was, but he was passing too much for me. Yeah, and, and it, it was good to see Kale get the goal off a secondary chance because like we talked about after game five, that's how they unlock Kemper with the secondary yeah. and getting yes. down the crease yes. and – getting those dirty goals that's yep. how they unlock Kemper and then you saw it starting to take that same effect on Kadobin tonight where he was not that brick wall no I mean no. you have to realize he was Ben Bishop's backup and he back to the hot hand he mm-hmm. was the hot hand for sure. a while and sure. now we're starting to crack away at that brick wall and it's a lot. You can tell ask. the Avs feel that confidence. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. It's a lot to ask any goalie, uh, start up or a start or a backup. Um, and yeah, I mean, when you, when you just have this team just constantly coming at you, 
Um, and even the Avalanche, they had 24 shots on goal tonight, which is low for them, but they're just always active. They're, they're yeah. always, you know what I mean? So uh, a goalie just always has to be on guard, um, even when they're just swarming around. So, But I, here I am complaining about Nathan McKinnon, and I think he was passing too much. And then he came up with maybe like, you know, one of the best passes of the series coupled with one of the best shots of the series in Miko Rantanen to have the, the first goal in the third period. Those two, I mean, when, when, when you have teammates that just know each other and know what they're going to do, um, it's just a beautiful thing to watch because the two of them, they were kind of close. They weren't spaced out too much, but Rantanen flipped it around, started skating back and, and McKinnon knew that. And he just knew he had to give him a little bit of space to, to, to separate a little bit more. And he flipped, I mean, it really wasn't even a saucer pass because it was a lot higher than a saucer pass, but Rantanen hit like the one timer on the button. They're like that. And they were talking about it on the, on the, um, the telecast, if the even hit the hit the ice, I don't know if it did. If it did, it had just hit the ice as Mc, or, uh, Rantanen took a whack at it for the goal. That was just. I'm gonna go back and watch that one many times because that was pretty. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that separate the good players and good teams. That dynamic, they're they're good players, and the team around them knows where the puck is going. Right. The good teams know when the good player has the puck where they need to be. Right. And Nate and Miko have that, that unspoken language. He gets the puck. He's going this direction. I know exactly where I need to be to make yeah, something happen. Right. And, and you could tell like McKinnon was, was patient. Like he was let, he, he was hanging onto it and letting Ranton and get into his position. And it, all of that took maybe like two seconds, <laughs> but it, it, it's an eternity for those two guys. Um, but man, after that, after that goal, they're up three to one. Um, and that was kind of early in the third, wasn't that? That was maybe yeah, three twenty-one into the third. So still a lot to go. And and I had messaged you like I I just wasn't feeling they were doing this, you know, uh dump and change yeah. style of play. Which fine, like I understand that, but um, they did it for a little while, and then there were a couple times where they did hold an offensive rush, which kind of made me feel a little bit better. And they just weren't resting on this. We're just going to do short shifts, dump it in the zone, and change. Uh, you are just playing not to lose in that scenario, and I didn't like that. But it didn't last too long. Um, it helped them that there was not a stoppage in play for almost 10 minutes after yeah. that until I think the uh, Ian Cole penalty is what yeah. had to stop. So that helped them because the, the, obviously the clock just kept ticking. Where was your mindset kind of towards the final minutes before McKinnon got that empty net goal? Um, and you're only up three to one ton of time left. We know goals are coming in bunches in this series. Where was your head at during that, that period of time? Yeah, I, it was towing that line between, I knew, they were just trying to eat as much clock as they possibly could with the uncertainty of what's going on with Landis Gog. Um, trying to control that lead, still not fully trusting Hutchinson back there. Wanted to keep as many shots away from him as possible. But like you said, goals come in bunches. 
So even with a three to one lead, you don't feel safe. You don't feel mm -hmm. comfortable. And both teams are so high on emotions right now. One goal either way could be defining. Yeah. So I, it was just hold on. You're sitting on the edge of your seat. And then when they started pulling Kadobin, then you started to feel, okay, mm -hmm. we got this now. Yeah. And, and, you know, being up three to one, just in this series, one goal is just shifting momentum like completely to the other side. It's crazy. Yeah. So I'm just like praying that they're not going to give up that goal because then Dallas is like, Oh, we're, we're down three to two. We're yeah. going to win this game. But um, yeah, you got to give the ass credit. They really kind of clamped down. So uh, yeah, the McKinnon empty netter and then um, someone, you know, and it was almost like immediate. It was like McKinnon got the empty net and then Dallas is like, you know what? let's just revert back to our tactics from the last game and just start throwing haymakers. And Zadorov wasn't going to have that. No, but I felt bad for Zadorov because like played a heck of a game and then it ends with him getting a, a misconduct. Your dog's happy. I like that. He yeah. yeah that's <laughs> ironically enough named Scooby. So. Oh, nice. Um, all right. Things to work on clearly the panel, uh, the, the power play. I don't know what's going on with this team and the power play, but they, even the double minor, who was, was it? Was it Corey Perry that got the double minor or no, it was, it was, um, so, oh. I'm blanking on him or is it, it was Blake Como. No, yes. It was Blake Como. Blake Como. Yeah, it was him. So, um, you know, double minor, you, you got to come up with at least one in that scenario, boys, you have yeah. to, and, and not, and if it was something where like they were getting like shots on net and they're just making good goals or making good saves, fine. Their power play just looks ugly. Yeah. Flat out looks ugly. I don't know why. It's, uh, I, I messaged you earlier. It was, they're setting up Dallas is setting up to make the power play uncomfortable. Um, because they love to do that little deep pass in the defensive zone and let either Gabe or Nate do that fast breakout, but they're setting up their heavy bodies in the deep in the defensive zone and in the neutral zone, eliminating that. And we just we can't do a clean offensive transition no. just normally. We've got to try with speed, and they will keep trying until power play is over. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. Like, they, they kind of shut down that neutral zone. And when, when the uh, Avalanche are doing that drop back pass to McKinnon, everybody knows that's coming now. And not, not, not that that's just because you know that that's, gonna, that's what's coming. Like, it's still difficult to defend. I think Dallas just has figured out a good way to defend it. And yeah. I think the Avalanche need to adjust to that. I think they have to stop relying on the skill – uh, that Nathan McKinnon brings and just assume he's going to punch through every once in a while, but you can't have that on a power play. You can't have, yeah. let's hope he punches through every once in a while on a power play. You need to assert dominance on a power play and get it in the freaking zone. Uh, so you can start, you know, doing what you got to do on the power play. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they kind of change up their mentality when they are on the power play, because Dallas gave them five opportunities today and they didn't get one. And on the other hand, Dallas only had one. So the Az played a pretty clean game. Um, and I'm kind of shocked that Dallas really had five because, you know, they, they, there was none of that chippiness that we saw in the, no. in the last game. Um, all right, man. So 
here we are. Um, time for your, your three stars. Who do we got today? I almost feel like we, we could do what I, like, you know, the, the not name Nathan thing, because I didn't, and you know, you know, he's going to be like the best player on the ice, but yeah. he's just been, he's just been amazing. We technically could do that for this year, for this, these shows of, you know, three stars, not named Nathan, but I'm not going to do that because that would be unfair to him to remove him from this for the entirety of the series. So I'm sure he's probably in there somewhere, but go for it. Who you got? Number three, uh, same as uh, game five. Yeah. Hutchinson, you were, you did what we needed you to do and we appreciate your efforts. (laughs) Um, Number two, Kale McCarr. Yeah. I mean, played a really good defensive game. And, I mean, it wasn't that long ago he had that little mishap and allowed the goal and right. to show that it's it's yesterday's Nothing. news. It's not affecting him. Right. I mean, and he's still young. Yeah. And he, he's showing that he can't get rattled like that. That's – Yeah. And the, the beautiful goal on the second chance effort – Awesome. So number two, Kale McCarr. Number one, Nathan McKinnon. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's really ascending into that superstar level, and uh, yeah, looks phenomenal out there. He does. He does. Uh, they did a good piece on him. I think it was during the first intermission. Uh, it was a quick thing, but they were you know they were talking to other players. It was it was a recorded thing, and and just talking about how meticulous he is yeah uh, and how he he you know the phrase like he wants to win just gets overused all the time yeah athletes want to win but they pretty much were saying like he takes it to another level so yeah uh for the sake of not leaving him out um and and can i will take the mantle of three stars not named nathan and go with your first two and then put zadorov in there because i thought about it you, you don't get to put him in there a lot and when guys like that really step up, step up to the plate, know that the 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 how big this game is, um, he he was good. He he was more than good. He was great. I thought he played his best game easily. Yeah, and earlier in the series and the season, we were talking about could Zadorov be with the Avalanche next year, and I really think that he is making a push to be like. Don't give up on me yet, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. He, I'll say this: he's making the decision more difficult. Absolutely, right. and and that's all he can do. That's all. Where it was, at, it was almost an absolute at the beginning of the round robin that he's right. not. We're not going to bring him back, but he's definitely making it known that he still wants to be a part of the Colorado yeah. Avalanche. He's he's making a case, definitely. Uh, and just to go through the stats, which I did not do, McKinnon uh, one and one. Nemetsnikov with the assist. Uh, when did he have? Oh, he had the assist on the Zadorov goal. Okay. Uh, Burkowski, you, you got on the stat sheet again. You got an yeah. assist. Uh, Rantanen, one and one. Makar goal. Zadorov goal. And our boy, Sammy G, with an assist. So uh, not as stat packed as the last game was, but you know they didn't have a five goal period to hang yeah. their head on today. So. All right, man. Game seven, Friday. Uh, I don't oh, think we have a time yet. On. Yeah. I, God, I, how perfect is it? It's a game seven, and it's on a Friday. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, 
if, if, if you work on Monday through Friday, like you, you don't have to worry about how late Labor this Day game weekend. goes. Labor Day weekend. I mean, the only thing that would make this just perfect is clearly an avalanche win. So I know we normally don't do this, but give me a little preview of what you expect from game seven. It's going to be an absolute, I mean, just, it's going to be the best that you could see out of both teams. Pick and choose your favorite little scenes that you've seen in this entire series. Amplify it. Both teams now have their backs against the wall. Mm. Both teams are playing for their season to remain in the bubble. Tampa's on their way over. So, (laughs) like... We got to, it's going to be an absolute show. And if you have fringe friends and family that are iffy about hockey, turn them on Friday night because it is going to be a spectacle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and the the momentum is clearly with the avalanche. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, once that puck drops, I think all that goes away. I think you're going to see, it'll be interesting to see the, the opening of that game because. I thought how this game started would be if there was a game seven, which clearly now there is, I thought that's how game seven would start. Very like not timid, but just getting like comfortable, getting the lay of the land. And I think that you're going to get that in seven. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause nobody wants to go down too way early. You don't want to do yeah. that. Um, but man, like there, there's nothing better and tack on all that stuff. We were saying game seven, Friday, holiday weekend division rivals Mm -hmm. what else could you possibly ask for like this this is playoff hockey this is the best division rivals with storied playoff history sure and which you could read about correct on Uh, milehighsticking.com a little plug for you um yeah definitely go back and read that article but uh I, i i want to like just sleep for all day <laughs> and just Let's wake up. <laughs> I know, man. Like, I mean, can't we like have like some star Wars type of technology where we can just <laughs> zoom ourselves to Friday whenever the start time is, but, but it's going to be a nice day because we won and it's game seven and we didn't lose going into game seven. We, we won going into game seven. So that will make today feel just a little bit more sweeter. And it's, and it's a little bit better because we didn't win fluky. Like, we came out and dominated mm. these past two games where the narrative was, oh, the Avalanche have their backs against the wall, 3-1 series. Momentum is fully swung in our direction. And going into game mm. seven, it's going to be more of us dictating the pace instead of trying not to make mistakes. And I mm-hmm. think that's going to be a game changer when it comes to game seven. I think so. We'll see, man. I know we will be talking. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Get your popcorn ready because game seven's <laughs> game seven's. And then if this thing goes into overtime, <laughs> that's just uh, talk about nerves. And and I'm, I'm going to need a heart rate monitor on if this thing goes into, <laughs> goes into overtime. So, all right, Buy man. stock yeah. in uh, the caffeine market. Because oh, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. All right, dude. Uh, I appreciate it. And uh, let's wrap this thing up. Game seven. Let's take it home. Game seven, baby. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Take it easy. All right. We'll be right back. All right. Thank you, Kyle, once again for coming on the show. And like he said, if you are a hockey fan, if you're not a hockey fan, 
park yourself in front of a television on Friday night and watch this because this is this is game seven. This is the best that hockey has to offer. Game seven playoffs. There's nothing better than those. So, um, yeah, not a lot of people thought the Avalanche would be here right now. And the Denver Nuggets did it. I don't really follow basketball all that much, but uh, it that that was a big deal. They were down to the Utah Jazz, 3-1. to one. They came back and pulled it off. So why not the hockey team from the state of Colorado? They're one game away from doing it. And, and moving on to the next round. And this is this is the progression you wanted in the Avalanche. Uh, dumpster fire of a season. And then you make the playoffs. Lose in that first round. And then you make the playoffs. And then you win in the first round. Beating the number one seed in the process. Pushing the Sharks to a game seven. And now the season after that. You're on the verge of going one step further. Into the conference finals. Uh, I would like to see them go right to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. Uh, either way, this team is built, and they they it took them a little while to get going, but there's no reason to believe that they can't continue this momentum going into Game 7. So we don't have a start time yet, but I'm sure we will by the time we record tomorrow. So, or later tonight, whenever you're listening to this. So, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about stuff like that. And we'll, whatever's on, on the news, if we get any injuries with, with Landeskog or Timmons or even Francois or even the guys that have been out for a little while longer, Calvert and Johnson, uh, the list just goes, we're starting another list. And now we have to go the opposite direction with that list, bring it down a little bit more, bring these guys back to the ice. So, if you have any news on that, definitely talk about that for tomorrow's show. That will be it for today. If you guys have anything on your mind, please follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. Follow on Instagram, Locked on Avalanche, and send anything you want to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. As have done it, they're back into a game seven. One more to go. Friday night. Going to be awesome. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, abs, go!